If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 53 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, June 28th, 2020. Let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on everywhere. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jab, for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, as a reminder, guys, be sure to follow me on all social medias, and be sure to spread the word about Yapping Yankees on social media as well. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Guys, I am not even going to hide this excitement because regardless of how it was achieved in the end, baseball is returning. Ric Flair, do me a favor and go ahead and help me further express my excitement to the people. Yes! Woo! 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 There you go! Woo! <laughs> Alright, enough of that. <laughs> You know me. I have to occasionally incorporate some of my outside interests other than baseball, like wrestling, Marvel, Star Wars, and things like that, so you'll just have to deal with it. But guys, in all seriousness, after everything they've put us fans through with those insufferable and extremely public negotiations, we deserve to have baseball back, and I couldn't be more excited. I still do ask myself every day why the negotiations even went as long as they did, and why they had to be as public as they were. And I also completely understand the disgust that so many fans feel about the whole situation because I still feel it a bit too. And as I've said also, I will never forget the shameful greed that was spewed for months. They drove all of us fans crazy. And we were the only losers as a result of it all. There was never going to be an agreement, and they only did damage to themselves. But, of course, when you have greed, selfish agendas, and the opportunity to put public pressure and paint the other side in a bad light through the media, that's what happens, and you only hurt yourself. And yes, since the two sides never did ultimately come to an agreement proposal-wise, it does still have some people, including myself, a little bit concerned for future negotiations, such as the CBA approaching next year, as we've also discussed a lot 
endlessly for months now. But that's in the future, and the return to play proposals and talk is over. Today is a day of happiness and excitement in light of this past week's news, so we're not going to go crazy talking about a process no one wants to talk about anymore. I definitely don't want to talk about it anymore. You all know for weeks and weeks on end that I've covered every single detail, every nook and cranny from the moment the first spring training stopped on March 12th, all the way to now. 15 Purgatory Yapping Yankees episodes from then to now. This one finally being the last one here on episode 53 of Yapping Yankees today. And get this, since negotiations are now over, we can get back to primarily talking Yankees here on Yapping Yankees. (laughs) As John Sterling says, how do you like that? (laughs) My God, I'm so happy the negotiations are over. You really have no idea. We all know how awful and exhausting they were to stomach and follow for months. And also, as I said, it wasn't even fun talking about it because it wasn't fun discussion. The show became a drag to do, honestly. I'd wake up on Sunday and go, great, more negotiations talk today. It was miserable, as it was for every other content creator or producer. 25 or more minutes would be spent on those dreadful negotiation details, with the episode being about an hour or more because of it. And every single person still told me that every Every single episode was fantastic, which was a big relief throughout the negotiations process, and I'm relieved to have heard that because it wasn't fun stuff to discuss. But I had to cover it since the Yankees and all the other teams returning was contingent on what happened with the negotiations. Something happened every single day, or almost every single day if you recall, and it never led to anything productive at the end, thanks to greed as we know, until the beginning of this past week, with the season finally finally just being implemented. We'll talk about all of it later in MLB news, which shouldn't take long since the implementation of the season happened in the beginning of the week, and little bits of information came out throughout the week based on information with start dates for spring training 2 and opening day, and what's going to happen for the season, both schedule and rules-wise as far as we know now, and just discussing overall excitement over baseball returning. We'll also talk some Yankees news with some word on the Yankees' optimism about Judge, who their opening day opponent is, and just how psyched I am to see our boys in pinstripes taking the field again. But of course, we'll start things off today with this week's poll, as we usually do, which also is finally not a question about negotiations. And people definitely responded well to that because this poll got over a thousand votes on Twitter, so a decent sample size. Thank you very much for that, all of you who voted. What a relief to finally be able to post a freaking Yankees poll. Seriously. There was tons of interaction even with the negotiations polls, but everyone without a doubt just had enough of talking about that, including myself, as I've made very clear. But I and everyone else definitely enjoyed finally just talking some baseball again for crying out loud. So let's get right to that and finally just have some nice and fun baseball discussions today, huh? What do you say? We'll get started on Twitter with the poll as usual, and here is this week's question. Of these four Yankees who were injured and would have missed little or significant time had this season been normal, which do you think will have the most successful shortened season? And of course, comment below with your thoughts for your shout out on the show. Now, I gave four choices because these were the four players who would have missed little or significant time had 2020 been going normally, of course, without the pandemic, but now would appear ready to go when opening day is to happen on July 23rd. And all four of these guys obviously not having missed one single game because of COVID-19. 
The first choice is Giancarlo Stanton. The second is James Paxton. The third is Aaron Hicks. And the fourth is Aaron Judge. Now, you may be saying, Aaron Judge, what's he doing as a potential choice? Well, we'll get to it later with the reports in Yankees news, but there were reports that the Yankees were optimistic that Judge would be ready for opening day. Now, this confused a lot of people because of the progress he has or hasn't been making with that injured rib of his. But again, we'll be clearing that all up in Yankees news later on. But with that report coming out about the Yankees being optimistic about him, he is qualified to be a choice in this poll. We know from past reports that Giancarlo Stanton has been long ready, having healed from his calf strain from months ago. We know that James Paxton for about a month or so now is ready to go from his rehabbing from his back surgery. And we know from last week's report that Aaron Hicks had been making significant progress from his rehab from his Tommy John surgery in the offseason. As there were clips of him taking BP and hitting very well, to the point where he looked like he was ready to go just about any day now. And then a report came out a couple of days later that the Yankees expect him to be ready for opening day. So all of these guys, again, regardless of how much time they would have missed if 2020 were normal, they have not missed a single game. The pandemic has obviously worked out in their favor healing-wise and recovery-wise. And now opening day is coming just in time for them to be all set to go without having missed a game. So these are your four choices. Giancarlo Stanton, James Paxton, Aaron Hicks, or Aaron Judge, and which you think will have the most successful shortened season this year. And of those four names, the winner of the poll is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge won 46% of the vote. And as I said before, there's a pretty good sample size with this poll. Over 1,000 people voted. 46% of those over 1,000 people voted for Aaron Judge to have the most successful 2020 shortened season. You got a lot of people believing in you, Aaron. Don't disappoint him. In second place came Giancarlo Stanton with 24% of the vote. In third came James Paxton with 19%. And in last came Aaron Hicks with 12% of the vote. Now, I personally believe in all four of these guys, but I really found these results interesting. I thought they would be a little closer. And for a while, for the first couple of hours, James Paxton was actually winning. And honestly, I have to agree with that mostly, because if you've listened to me in the past, you would know how much respect I gained for Paxton and how great he was in my eyes after he proved how much of a warrior he is on the mound and how much he belongs in pinstripes and how much he proved that in Game 5 of the ALCS in Yankee Stadium against the Houston Astros in the postseason last year when he pitched the game of his life with the Yankees' backs against the wall. The way he pitched and when Aaron Boone wanted to come out and get him, he said, no, I'm going to finish this my way, I'm going to finish it up, and he did. He was a straight-up warrior, and I think that night, it's undisputable that he earned basically everybody's respect after that. And because of that, I felt that that would carry into this year, especially with his back being fresh to go now, having not missed any time after his back surgery that was supposed to have him missed significant time, but hasn't because of the pandemic. And I was like, you know what? This guy's going to come in and have a great season and prove again carried over from last postseason just how much of a warrior he is. And also, if you listen to Yapping Yankees throughout last season as well, when it was a fairly new show still, you would know that I still believed in Paxton, even though in the starts when he got a bit rocked, I would get really frustrated because I knew what he was capable of. So when he finally did that in Game 5, it just turned everything around, especially for the Yankees fan base at large, who were just tired of seeing him get rocked some games. But he really turned it around in the second half, and then when Game 5 came around, when the Yankees had their backs up against the wall, about to lose to Houston in the ALCS in their own stadium, and he came out and pitched a game like that against Justin Verlander and the Astros? 
that changed everything. So I was really glad that even in the starts when he was getting rocked earlier in the season, I was glad that I kept my faith in him because it ended up paying off. And boy, did it ever pay off on the biggest stage of them all besides the World Series itself. And we all know one thing about the postseason. One humongous moment or one big game overall for a player that prevents their team from getting eliminated and saves them from defeat at least for the time being could be all it takes to make a hero. The postseason has that ability for people. And I just really expected him to come into this season and carry that over, continue where he left off, and just have a really dominant season. And now, especially because he didn't have to miss any games after his back surgery in February, I think that is even more of a motivator. He can just go out there, have a great shortened season, take advantage of the shorter season, and show just how vital he is to this Yankees rotation. So I definitely agreed with Paxton, and I think if I were a voter in this poll, I think I would have voted for Paxton, but I believe in all four of these guys. I believe in Judge's potential, as I've voiced on this show so many times. The key for him is just staying on the field, I do believe in John Carlos Stanton, as I've voiced as well, even though people love to poke fun at him for getting hurt. I can't really argue with that because he has had his struggles with injuries, but I still believe in him. And you know what? I even believe in Aaron Hicks because I believe in his ability to draw walks as he has in the past, get on base, get clutch hits, be a great defender in the outfield. I know some people think he's a bit overrated, and I hear that to a certain degree, but I still think he has a lot of good attributes to him. I like Aaron Hicks. Would I put him over most outfielders? Probably not, but I do like the guy. I think he has a lot of good attributes to him, especially his defense with his quickness in the outfield and also along with his cannon of an arm. So although I do definitely believe in all four of these guys, I would probably have to vote for Paxton if I were a voter here. But let's see what you're all thinking down in the replies. Let's hear your thoughts. We'll probably read about 15 or 20 replies as we usually do here on Twitter. Then we'll move on to Instagram and move on to some MLB and Yankees news for the rest of the show. But let's start off the Twitter replies with at BobbyTats631 and Bobby says, Paxton, you saw how confident he had gotten after his last postseason start. He now knows he can do it in New York and I expect him to come out on fire. Well, if that weren't the exact same reason I just said for my choosing him before, if I were a voter, then I don't know what is. <laughs> so I completely agree with you, Bob. I definitely do. That Game 5 start against the Astros changed everything. It just did. I always get a newfound respect for guys whenever I see them pitch a game like that when circumstances are as crucial as they were that night. Up next, we have At Peace Now for Life says, I say Stanton. I'm sure he wants to prove himself to the fan base. I'd like to see Judge because he's one of my favorites, but I'm not convinced he's fully healthy. Go Yankees. And I definitely do understand that suspicion, and we'll go through again why some people like yourself feel that way when we talk about Judge and everything else in Yankees news later. It's definitely a valid concern to have, just wondering, is he really fully healthy? Is the optimism warranted? Well, we'll get into it later, and it does make sense that you would feel that way, because the whole Judge injury saga, if you remember back to the first spring training, it was pretty bizarre. And we spoke about it all months and months ago and have recapped it whenever a judge update was given throughout this pandemic. But Judge's injury itself and the timeline for his healing has been baffling. It's been bizarre. And we'll get into it later on in Yankees news. But yes, as far as Stanton, yeah, he probably wants to prove himself. I can't imagine he doesn't. And I hope he does. At EdNYC73 says, I vote for Aaron Judge. All right, well, it seems like you were part of the majority here, Ed. Up next is at NYY underscore Kate, and she says, if he's healthy and back for it, Judge. All right, another Judge, and Kate is a very good friend of mine, and Kate, I know you're listening right now, so I'll just say this. You picking Aaron Judge is probably the least surprising thing to happen in this century. (laughs) 
She is a big Aaron Judge fan, but you know what? I don't have a problem with that at all because I am too. Up next is at Marcia Nicholas, and she says, I want to vote for Judge. Is he healthy? I ended up voting for Stanton. Well, I think those are both fine choices, and you know what? As I said before, asking if Judge is healthy is a valid question, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. But with Judge and how baffling his injury is and how baffling the healing timeline for him has been, I think it's just mostly going to be a we'll-see-what-happens sort of a thing when he takes the field and how he plays, if he ends up getting hurt, how he plays so we can maybe say, oh, if he's not playing too well, maybe that rib is still hurting him. Or if he's playing well, maybe the problem has, in fact, subsided. So I think it's possible that we may just have to see how he is out on the field. But again, we'll be talking all about Judge and the Yankees' optimism towards him being ready for opening day later on in Yankees news. Then we had at Mountain Gal 456, and she says, Big Maple, James Paxton. He was on fire and getting back on track last season. He really showed us what kind of damage he can do to a lineup. Can't wait to see him pitch again. He's got great stuff. Absolutely, he has great stuff, and whenever he has a really, really fantastic start on the mound, that's really when you see just how good his stuff is, especially in a game like Game 5 of the ALCS, but you can also just look at most of his second half of the season last year, how he really just started to step up, but when he wasn't good, that was the main reason why I and many others got a bit ticked, because we know what he has, we know what he's capable of, so when he had his bad starts, and we know, listen, he's a human being, you're gonna have your bad starts. But in the earlier part of the year, there were plenty of times where he got banged around a bit, and he also struggled to stay healthy. And it was pretty annoying to watch sometimes because I was like, I know what this guy is capable of. I know the stuff he has in his arsenal. That's why I kept my faith in him, and that's why when he started to turn it around in the second half of the season, and when he had that fantastic performance in Game 5 of the ALCS, that's why I was so freaking thrilled about it. Because he started to pitch like the James Paxton I knew he could be. So I definitely agree with you, Tina. And again, while I have faith in all four of these guys, as I already said before, Paxton probably would have been my choice. Up next, we have at Laker 477, and he says, of the four, I say Paxton will have the most success this season. You could see how confident and hungry he was in the postseason last year. Absolutely. I don't have to keep repeating it. That start in the playoffs and his turnaround in the second half of the season, all very impressive. And it made people, including myself, have good reason to believe that he would carry that over into next year and continue the dominance. Then we had at Tegan Graham 23, and he says, for sure, the most difficult yapping Yankees question I've ever answered. Okay, awesome. It's gotta be Paxton, though. Shortened season would help him bounce back nicely from the injury. He was balling out on the hill at the end of last year, and if he can replicate that now, then wow. Well, Tegan, I completely agree with you. As I've said with the past replies who have also voted for Paxton, I completely agree. With the way he was last year, it gave people reason to believe that he could carry it over into this year and actually have a really, really great season, a full great season this time. And yes, maybe because of his surgery and his long road back during this pandemic, maybe a shortened season would favor him too. But people do also still have their injury concerns about the players playing spring training for a couple of weeks months ago and then stopping for another few months and then now ramping up the activity suddenly again to squeeze in a shortened season. So I do definitely hear those concerns too, but I just hope that doesn't happen to Paxton. Like the rest of you who also picked him, I just hope he goes out there this year, takes advantage of the shortened season and picks up where he left off from last year and just has a really, really dominant shortened 2020. Up next is at Laura underscore Iceman, and she says, all good choices, but I voted for Paxton. He proved himself during the postseason, and he can handle the New York pressure. I can't wait to see him pitch again. Well, as 
as I said, yes, he did earn his pinstripes. He was a warrior. We've said this all already. And I really do love just how many people in the replies did pick Paxton. That's why part of me was surprised that Judge won by so much, but I don't have a problem with Judge winning, but because I would have probably picked Paxton, and it seems like a lot of people down in the replies did too, I'm just surprised that Judge won by as much as he did. But for the record, as I said before, I do believe in Judge too. It's just that his health is a little bit of a question mark still despite the optimism. But hey, we'll see. Up next is another good friend of mine, James Celestin, at BlackRebirth52, and he says, One, it feels good to talk baseball instead of negotiations. Hell yeah, brother, it does. <laughs> and two, Stanton, because he's healthy now, and with less games, I think he can stay healthy, and he needs a bounce-back season. Well, yes, he is healthy now, and as we've reported, he's been healthy for quite some time after healing from that calf strain. I believe he probably would have only missed a couple of weeks or so if the season were to be going normally. So if that still is, in fact, the case, obviously that means, as the reports have said, he's been ready for quite some time now. That was months ago that we talked about Stanton being ready to go, and he for sure needs a bounce-back season. After all the time he missed last year, he definitely needs a bounce-back. At Medic968 says, Relatively speaking, based on all of their career's highs, comparing and contrasting to a 60-game season, I think it might be Hicks. I think all will bounce back and be great, but a healthy switch-hitting center fielder with Hicks's range and arm is going to change so much. Well, as I said before, when I was giving Hicks credit to all the attributes that I think helps the Yankees when he's on the field... I definitely gave credit to his defensive capabilities when it comes to defense itself and tracking down fly balls like that incredible catch in Minnesota and in extra innings. Who the hell could forget about that? Definitely his arm and his range. As I also mentioned earlier, he does have a cannon out there and he has a tendency to get on base a lot and come up in clutch situations. So while there are definitely outfielders in baseball that I choose over him, I think Hicks has a lot of good elements in his game. Not to mention how cool it is that he just got Tommy John surgery this past offseason and he has not missed a single game. Think about that for a second. That's really cool. At Sean 9966-0764, a lot of numbers, says, I voted for Pax. This is his time. And hey, I'm biased because I live in his home province. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but I definitely think Paxson is a great choice, as you know. At Official 52011 says, Giancarlo Stanton is out to prove his haters wrong. I like it. I hope he does. At Tully Law Firm says, Stanton will pull a hammy getting off the bus first game. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're the people busting chops about Stanton's injury troubles. All right, let's do a couple of more. Up next, we have at LWOS underscore NY Yankees, and they replied with a gif of Stanton hitting a home run, so clearly they say Giancarlo Stanton. All right, fair enough. I hope so. As I said before, I believe in all four of these guys, just that I would favor Paxton, but I definitely understand the Stanton picks. There are a lot of people out there that just want him to go out there and finally prove himself big time, and I'm one of them. I root for my guys to do well. That's just what I do as a fan. But I do, of course, know that even the people that are very hard on Stanton are hard on him because they know what he's capable of and they know that he hasn't hit his max potential as a Yankee yet and it's just frustrating to them. And in frustration, some people deal with frustration differently than others. But obviously, there is a way for him to go out there and shut even them up and that is to play some damn good baseball. And again, I hope he does. Up next is at Bat Flippin' Dave, and he says, Less games equals less chance Stanton hits IL. Again. So I'm guessing Dave is saying Stanton because the shorter season will favor him. So I guess that's what you're saying. But let's finish off with our last comment here from at American Bishop, and he says, James Paxton, but I hope it's Hicks. 
Well, I hope it's all four of them, honestly. But like you picked, I would have picked Paxton too. But again, in the end, I hope it's all four of them rebounding nicely and having themselves a good shortened season. But as for Twitter, that is all for today with the replies on there. As always, thank you all so much for the poll interactions on there. I'm sorry if I couldn't get to you, but you know I do my best. But before we wrap up the poll segment here today, let's head on to Instagram. Of course, the same question applies. Of these four Yankees who were injured and would have missed little or significant time had the 2020 season been normal, which do you think will have the most successful shortened season? And as you know, if you're on Instagram, Instagram story polls only allow for two choices, which is extra annoying for me in this case, considering this poll has four choices for players, the four being Stanton, Paxton, Hicks, and Judge. So for this poll, I had to group together Paxton and Stanton in one choice, and the other choice had to have Hicks and Judge grouped together, and as sort of a plus to it, I said just message me for your shoutout on the podcast, as I usually do on Instagram, but I just said message me for the shoutout by telling me which name specifically you think will have the most successful 2020 season. And similarly to Twitter, whether it be more because of Hicks or Judge, here on Instagram, the choice of Hicks or Judge won by earning 57% of the vote, And the combined choice of Stanton and Paxton earned 43% of the vote. So I assume, like Twitter, most people thought that Judge would have the most successful shortened season in 2020, and that's what gave the choice of Hicks or Judge more of the boost. But as you'll also hear in a moment, I know that there were some people on Instagram who also chose Hicks. I just wish they gave you the option to have more choices to choose from whenever you have a poll that warrants that. I hope somebody from Instagram is listening, but (laughs) let's get onto those Instagram replies and then we'll move on to some MLB news. We'll do a couple of them. First up is MattSchwartz.14. And he says, Judge is going to eat up. All right, so we got a Judge vote. Up next, we have Richard Chin saying Stanton because there are Stanton haters. Definitely could be. If you have that right mindset, haters only end up being motivators for certain people. Then we had my girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and she says Hicks was out for a while last season, and the minute he came back, he had a hot streak that was better than everyone else who played the whole season, so I feel that he can really bring it hard this season. I imagine you're referring to his huge home run in Game 5 off Justin Verlander, and if you are referring to that, then absolutely. He had some really, really big moments. Even though he did miss a good amount of time in 2019, you're definitely right about that, so we got another Hicks believer. And as always, last but certainly not least on Instagram, we will finish off with my mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, I believe Judge has the most fire in his veins and love for this team, similar to Jeter. I believe this will make him the shining star. I believe the others will do well too, but Judge is in a class of his own. His humility and respect for the game are stellar qualities. Let's go Yankees, play ball. Mom, you've got a way with words. I agree with all of that. (laughs) I really do. Beautifully said. And yes, speaking of Jeter, actually, I'll use this reply to quickly wish Jeter a happy birthday. It was his birthday a couple of days ago. He turned 46, and you all know Jeter is my favorite player of all time. I absolutely idolize the man, so I definitely did want to use this opportunity of my mom mentioning Jeter to wish him a happy birthday from a couple of days ago. A very, very happy 46th birthday to my favorite athlete, not only Yankee or baseball player, but just my favorite athlete of all time, the captain, and one of my biggest role models too, as you all know. 
So a nice birthday wish for Derek Jeter, alongside a beautiful Instagram reply from my mother, and I think that is a great way to end the poll segment for today. So, those are this week's replies for the poll on both Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. It was so great to finally have a Yankees question and not a question about negotiations. (laughs) It really, really was. I felt so great posting that question. But I greatly do appreciate all the interactions, guys, regardless. You know that, and you know the drill. If I wasn't able to get to you this week, just keep on replying to the polls each week, and I'll definitely get to your response on another poll in the future. Just keep on commenting. But let's keep moving right along. I want to end today talking about the Yankees today for a change. So we'll end with the Yankees news and get to MLB news first in just a moment in honor of going back to the old format of Yapping Yankees when we used to end with Yankees talk, when the podcast was primarily about the Yankees before negotiations for baseball's return started months ago and just absolutely invaded every baseball podcast's content like it did mine. So let's move on to the MLB news for this past week, and we do know that it would end well because of the end result of getting baseball back, so let's get right to it and start things off by jumping back to last Sunday evening really quick when Commissioner Rob Manfred sent a letter to the Players Association saying that he would cancel the expanded playoffs and the Universal DH for 2021 if the season isn't played in 2020. And there was also a report that came out that night that 40 players and staff members had tested positive for the virus that past week. So that definitely wasn't good. People have their fears about whether the baseball season will even work this year at all because of the virus, and they're valid fears to have. So it's obviously never good to hear that a lot more people around the league are coming down with the virus. And that the numbers in that department from when we spoke about it last week went way up with baseball personnel contracting the virus. There were just reports, if you remember from last week's episode, about eight people on the Phillies having it, and then the Blue Jays having a bit of a problem with it, and then, last Sunday night, as I just told you, there were as many as 40 people, both players and personnel having it, and you're just like, oh my goodness, at that point. Now let's fast forward to the next day, because then on Monday night, it came time for the Players Association to finally vote on whether they would accept or reject the league's final 60-game proposal that we discussed last week. And the PA voted 33-5 to in favor of rejecting the 60-game proposal, so almost unanimous, with the exception of just five people. And I imagine it had a lot to do with the waiving of grievances since the PA didn't want to surrender their ability to do that, their ability to file grievances, especially after all the wrongdoings up to that point by the owners already. So I suppose I get that. Could there be a grievance down the line still? Yeah, there could. It would make things messier for the future, no doubt, but we'll see if they decide to file one against the league anyway. But in any event, though, this marked the end of what was a miserable negotiations process, as we all know, between the MLB owners and the Players Association that, as we've said, went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks filled with greed, personal agendas, childish behavior, and made things uglier than most imagined possible, and all very publicly. All of which we definitely do not need to regurgitate again in detail on an occasion and time that is meant to be happy, because we know today is a happy day. We've covered every detail of that utter mess that was referred to as negotiating since the start. And as I said last week, when I said I can't wait to not talk about it anymore, I cannot express in words how ecstatic I am. If the beginning of the show, too, wasn't an indication as to how happy I am with my tone and my excitement, I don't know what is. But again, I am just so 
freaking happy that it is all done with. But everyone was furious after this rejection because people really started to think that after the PA rejected that last proposal, that there wasn't going to be baseball. And people were mad at the PA because they said, tell us when and where, and they rejected it. And then people had to explain what they truly meant by tell us when and where, that they really just apparently wanted proposals to stop being made by the league because they thought they were wastes of time. So they just wanted them to say, tell us when and where to play. So just literally just implement a season. So they had to explain what they meant by tell us when and where by basically saying, listen, that was our way of just saying implement a season. Literally tell us when we're going to play and where and we'll be there because these proposals are a waste of time. Maybe should have been a little clearer about that because when you say tell us when and where and then you reject a proposal, regardless, and I know that that's what they meant, they just said just tell us when and where in a season implementation, just tell us. I know that's what they meant, but to the casual person out there, and I understand why they would think this way, when someone's told, tell us when and where, and they receive an offer and they reject it, that could confuse some people. So they had to explain what that meant, both the association really, the players, and also a lot of fans had to explain it to each other. It was just a mess and there was frustration flying all over the place. A couple of hours later though, things immediately began to look up. And this trend would continue as the week went along, as you'll hear momentarily. Major League Baseball announced it will attempt to enforce a season and released a statement that the PA had until Tuesday at 5pm, so the next day, to sign off on whether or not the players would be able to report to their Major League camps by July 1st for Spring Training 2, and also have to sign off on health and safety protocols. If they did those things, a season would be implemented and we would have baseball. And upon this announcement, people were very confident that the MLBPA would in fact sign off on both, which would allow again the season to be implemented and to get underway by implementing the March 26th agreement, which they said would be enforced if no agreement on a proposal were reached between the owners and players union, which as we know, there wasn't an agreement reached, and would ultimately result in implementing a season, which of course, as we also know, it did come to that. But now fast forward to Tuesday night, about an hour or two before the fate of baseball in 2020 was revealed, there was another report that came out before the fate of baseball was revealed. It was reported that the MLB trade deadline, which is usually at the end of July, obviously, was now moved to August 31st. And that makes sense for this year, given when the shortened season would start and end. And then, big news a couple of hours later, and that was that baseball is returning. The health and safety protocol hurdles had been surpassed. The PA signed off on the protocols. Players will be reporting to camp for spring training too by July 1st. The regular season openers will be played on July 23rd and 24th. Both spring training and the season will mainly be played in everyone's regular home ballparks without a crowd, obviously. And the season is expected to go until the end of September as a normal season typically would. That news came out and the baseball world exploded of course, with happiness. So as I said last week, when I said last Sunday, that the fate of the season would probably be decided this past week within the next couple of days from last week's episode, well, it would seem I was correct, and it has almost never felt so good, because of course, everyone is thrilled that baseball is coming back regardless of whether the season had to be implemented, or whether they were to agree on a proposal, it doesn't matter, of course, it ended up being the season being implemented, but regardless, us fans deserve baseball. 
That's what's important, especially after everything they put us through with those negotiations. So let's get into some details now about what this shortened 60-game season will entail. First up, as agreed upon in the March 26th agreement, which again allowed for this season to be implemented in the first place, the Universal DH will be used for the first time ever. That's right, guys. There will be DHs in the National League as well for the first time in history. As I've said, a long time coming, I feel. When it comes to the expanded playoffs, when there were supposed to be 16 teams total going into the postseason, that will not be enforced this year since it was a part of the final 60-game proposal that the Players' Union rejected. And as I said earlier, Manfred told the Union in that letter on Sunday that if they rejected the proposal, expanded playoffs would not happen. And obviously, the PA did reject the proposal. So there just will be the standard five teams from the American League and five from the National League going to the playoffs, consisting of the usual 10 total playoff teams throughout baseball at the conclusion of the regular season. And the rule of a runner being on second base every half inning and extra innings will reportedly be enforced too, as they do in the minors, and we've talked about this already. For those of you who don't recall what the runner on second rule is, basically at the start of every half inning in a game that is to go to extra innings in the top of the 10th, bottom 10th, top 11th, bottom 11th in an attempt to keep it from going too deep, there will be a runner on second to start every half inning in extra innings. And if that run is to come home, the run will not be an earned run to the pitcher's ERA. It'll just be as if they just scored on an error or something. But the rule does exist so that the game has less of a chance of going to like the 16th inning, the 17th inning, or any inning that's insanely deep in extras. I don't need to reiterate for the millionth time how much I hate the runner on second rule, which of course exists in order to keep games from going too deep into extra innings, but I suppose, as I said with the other changes too, if there is a season to test it out, considering how different the season already is thanks to the pandemic, this is the one, I suppose. Also, I guess I understand why they would want to prevent a game from going like 17 innings in a time where players are putting themselves at risk by going out there to play in these times at all as it is, so whatever. I do hate it, but for this year, whatever, I guess. I'm not going to let it drive me too nuts, though, because I'm just too happy that baseball's back. And also another short thing, this shortened season will be centered around divisional and regional gameplay. I'll explain for those of you who don't understand. Eastern teams in both the American League and National League will play each other only. The Central teams in both leagues will play each other only. And the same for the Western teams in both leagues in order to limit travel. So the Eastern divisions will not be playing the Central or Western divisions in either league throughout the entire year. Same goes for the Central not playing any Eastern or Western teams and the same goes for the West, not playing any Eastern or Central teams. So the AL East teams will only play their AL East opponents, and they will also play the teams in the NL East. And again, the same goes for the Central and Western teams too. They'll play 40 games against their own division rivals and 20 interleague games against their regional opponents in the opposite league. So, for example, the Yankees will play their opponents in the AL East a total of 40 times and they will also have a combined 20 games against the teams in the NL East. The same applies again for the Central teams and the Western teams. And as basic mathematics tells us, 40 and 20 adds up to the total amount of games 
that each team will play in this shortened season, which we all know is 60. And if you remember a while back, in some of the earliest proposals being put up by the league, there was one rumoring of actually realigning the divisions regionally for this year. Three divisions consisting of 10 teams in the East, 10 in the Central, and 10 in the West. And they'd only play the teams within their divisions. Just like it'll actually be now, except the divisions, as well as the American and National League, are staying as they normally would be in any other season. So I guess they did at least take pieces, perhaps, from prior proposals after all, as I said, they could do ultimately. So although there wasn't a physical realignment of the American and National Leagues and the Eastern, Central, and Western divisions in each league for this year, they are only playing opponents within their respective regions, as they would if the divisions and the two leagues were realigned. So divisional and regional gameplay. Now when it comes to the rosters for this year, they are definitely different, and I'm going to use a report from the league to explain it to you. I'm going to read it. So each team is going to have a 60-play pool 60 players hear the words from the report quote with no minor league season to serve as a reservoir for extra players all teams will carry a pool of 60 players about half of whom will be part of a taxi squad assigned to an alternate site not located at the team's home park teams will need to submit the names of those 60 players by Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, which of course was today. And that's why teams have officially released their 60-man pools. We'll talk about the Yankees briefly in a bit. Clubs can invite as many as all 60 of those players to their Major League Spring Training camp, but players not on the 40-man roster also can be assigned to an alternate spring training site. Teams will be allowed to carry 30 players on their big league roster for the first two weeks of the season, then get down to 28 on the 15th day of the season, and then down to 26 two weeks after that. And the new rule that was supposed to limit the number of pitchers on a roster has been waived because of the unusual circumstances of the season, end quote. And that's definitely understandable because this season is definitely different than any other. So each team will have a pool of 60 players and will carry 30 players on their big league roster to start the season with the roster shrinking in two two two-week increments. After the first two weeks of the season, it'll shrink from 30 to 28, and then another two weeks later, it'll shrink from 28 to 26 for the rest of the season. And as it said in the beginning, the fact that there has been no minor league season allows for this huge pool of players. So that's how the rosters are working for now, and I'm sure as time goes along, there will be more and more information that comes out about that. As far as rules regarding spitting and possibly spreading germs through those means, spitting is completely prohibited, but chewing gum is permitted. And these are guidelines we said in the past could come about. So with all of that being said, many in the baseball community, fans and players alike, posted all of Tuesday night after the implementation of the season was announced about how thrilled all of us are that baseball is back. Now, the future is definitely uncertain, of course, especially with the COVID cases spiking in many states again, as we spoke about last week too, and that trend has continued in states throughout the country. Not all, but some. And speaking of that, there will also be a coronavirus IL, as to speak, a COVID IL, where there won't be a specific amount of days that a player will be on it, but I suppose if someone is to get COVID, they won't return until they get a negative test. I imagine that's how they'll go about it. They'll constantly be getting tested even when they arrive at the park and everything like that. And there are rules and guidelines regarding, again, spitting, as I just said before, sunflower seeds, peanut shells, tobacco, and things like that. But at least chewing gum is permitted. They also don't encourage showering in the clubhouse after games anymore. All details we've discussed in the past and have said would probably be enforced this year if baseball returns, and they will do just that. But despite all of 
of those details, I am just so freaking psyched for baseball to return. Have I said that already? I'm not sure if I have, but I am so psyched for it. Everybody will report to where they have to be and be all set to go by July 1st. Opening day will be July 23rd for some, the 24th for the rest, and the Yankees are on the 23rd as announced yesterday, and they have an exciting opponent as well, which is the perfect segue into Yankees news for today. Before we end, it is just glorious not spending 25 minutes on MLB news with those god-awful negotiations, isn't it? I mean, really, that was just torture. So happy that we'll primarily be going back to Yankees talk. So let's end on Yankees news today, just like old times, and talk about who they'll be versing on the 23rd for opening day and all other news surrounding them as we prepare for our beloved game to return. First up on Yankees news for today, if you'll again jump back in time with me quickly to the beginning of the week, is that while we were waiting on word for the official implementation of the shortened 60-game season, there were reports that the Yankees were optimistic that Judge could be ready for opening day. Now, we spoke about this briefly in the poll segment, but we'll expand on this a little bit now, as I promised earlier. So again, there was optimism that Judge would be ready for opening day, which as we know is July 23rd for the Yankees, and we'll talk about that in just a second, but this was a great report to hear about Judge. And as discussed in the poll segment, we obviously know all of his fellow teammates who were also injured that we've covered since everything stopped on March 12th, and they too would have missed time this year had the season been a pandemic-less normal season. Stanton would have missed some weeks from his calf strain, Paxton would have been ready to come back at the end of May or beginning of June, and as we know, he did in fact say he was ready to go around that exact time, so they definitely hit the nail on the head with that, as we've said. Hicks would have returned either sometime in June or in July, and we know from reports we discussed on last week's episode that he was already expected to be all set to go for opening day if baseball were to happen, which of course we all know that it is happening. And now this report came out earlier in the week on Tuesday about the Yankees being optimistic that even Judge could be ready to go by opening day. Now, I took this with a grain of salt for a few reasons, and it sounds like many others did as well, and they should. I'll explain my reasons. One, this was honestly pretty sudden, because we hadn't gotten an update on Judge's progress with his rib healing for weeks prior to this report earlier in the week about the Yanks being optimistic about him being ready for opening day. So, it kind of came out of nowhere, it really did. We hadn't gotten an update on his progress for weeks. The second reason why I took this optimism with a grain of salt is because if you remember from months ago, As we've said, this whole saga with Judge's rib injury was bizarre to begin with when they were first trying to figure out what his injury even was until they were finally able to find that it was a stress fracture in his rib and his upper torso. So I'm not incredibly quick to believe their prognosis on Judge because they've been all over the place since the start with all of this. And my third reason is because the timeline for his healing has been quite strange. This injury, as we know and have discussed many times, dates back to last September with that dive out in shallow right field. We didn't get information on it then, even though many of us noticed him holding his rib right after the play. He seemed to play through it just fine in the playoffs. Then we hear about it in the offseason, and we go through them diagnosing him with many different injuries involving his upper body until they finally said it was the rib. And remember at the start of it, they also said that he'd be ready for spring training, which, as we know, he never 
even gotten at bat or a single look in the outfield in spring training back at the end of February until everything stopped on March 12th. And since then, we've gotten occasional updates throughout the COVID quarantine that even after like seven, eight, or even nine months after the injury happened last September, the healing with the rib has progressed, but very slowly, with his future this season very uncertain if baseball were to come back. And now that it's been announced that it is coming back, they say they're optimistic all of a sudden that he'll be ready. And yes, it is optimism, so whether or not there are specific reasons to not believe it, you do always have to take optimism with a grain of salt because it's positivity. Not certain, but it's positivity. You're optimistic about it. But it does sound pretty positive to me. And while I'm thrilled with the news, trust me, I am, as I said before. I love positive news, but while I'm thrilled, I'm again just a little confused by it given how baffling this injury has been from the start, going back nearly 10 months ago between the injury itself and the timeline of the recovery for it. So others questioning whether he's truly healthy or not, and with me even occasionally questioning that myself, I understand people wondering that. I do. Because this injury, the handling of it, and the timeline of it has been strange from the start. But he has been reportedly running, even throwing I believe, and hitting off a tee in his workouts and rehab. And the last we heard weeks ago, I don't believe he was even swinging as of yet. But again, we had gone about three weeks or so without any word on him, so it is possible he made significant progress in that time after all. And there are still about three and a half weeks, give or take, until opening day on the 23rd. So I hope this optimism comes true and Judge will be fully ready to go. You know I want to see my boy back out there murdering baseball, so I was happy to hear of the optimism for his return. But I just was a little skeptical about it and took it with a grain of salt. And considering, again, how strange his injury situation has been from the start, I think it's valid to do that. So to repeat, that would make all four of them ready to go as we discussed with the poll. Stanton, Pax, Hicks, and now Judge 2. That is awesome. All guys who, as we've said, would have missed time had the season been going normally without COVID in our lives, whether it would have been little time like Stanton or some time like Pax or a lot of time like Hicks or Judge. And now they will have missed not even one game and should be ready to go for opening day on the 23rd. That's pretty cool, I must say. And I must say again, how about Aaron Hicks especially? Getting Tommy John surgery and not missing a single game? Now that is remarkable. But speaking of opening day on the 23rd, before we wrap up here, the Yankees will in fact be kicking their 60-game shortened season off on July the 23rd, one of few to do so with much of the rest of the league opening up on the 24th, the next night, and it will not be in ordinary fashion. It would seem that Major League Baseball is giving us all a little gift, a reward perhaps for our unbelievable patience amidst their exhausting and shameful negotiations, because the highlight of opening opening day on the 23rd will be the Yankees facing the defending champion Washington Nationals. And that's not all. I'm starting to sound like an advertiser now. (laughs) And that's not all. No, but seriously, it isn't all, because two of some of the best arms the game has to offer will be taking the mound as well. It's going to be Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer in Washington, D.C. Obviously, a huge pitching matchup that any big baseball fan wants to see, as well as just the overall hype of seeing the defending champions open up against the Yankees to start things up in this shortened season. 
And you know what? I just need it injected into my veins right this second. <laughs> but fine, I'll wait another couple of weeks, okay? But it's close, guys. We're getting there. And reality really hit me when there was a photo posted on social media of Judge and Mike Ford arriving here in New York, getting all ready to go. The Yankees announced their 60-man pool of players today, along with some roster moves they made in light of it, such as moving Severino to the 60-day IL because of his Tommy John surgery recovery, releasing and then re-signing Dan Otero. They actually signed Matt Duffy too, formerly of the Giants and Rays, and both Otero and Duffy were signed to minor league contracts, and they also signed Max McDowell to a minor league contract, and even more small things regarding their pool of players this year, so they're getting their ducks in a row. And I just need baseball right now. I could not be happier that baseball is back to hopefully unify many, as it's done in the past, and to provide a point of happiness, joy, and tranquility for those of us who really, really need it. And yes, a lot of people need it. A lot of people. And I can't wait for more pure Yankees talk again come next week when we have our first non-purgatory episode. Things are looking up baseball-wise with it returning, guys. And I can't wait for what's ahead. But as for now, that is all for episode 53 of Yapping Yankees today. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And our other shout-out, of course, goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter, at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jab, for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. Don't forget to follow me on all social medias too, guys. You can find my Facebook fan page at MikeScuderoNY. You can find me on Twitter at MikeScudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. And do not forget to help spread the word all throughout social media as well. And always tell your family, friends, even your neighbor, just about everybody to check out Yapping Yankees. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap as I do every week to you, the listener. Whether you listen, give feedback on the show, vote or reply on the polls, interact with me about the Yankees, support me and the podcast and show love on social media, whatever it is you do to show your love and support, I, as I do every week, tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your believing in me every single day. Thank you, guys. I hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed, as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Do not forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 53, are available on YouTube, and episodes 33 all the way back to episode one are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, July 5th, when I come at you with episode 54 of Yapping Yankees, the first non-purgatory Yapping Yankees episode in months. I cannot wait. So until next Sunday, hang in there, 
Be patient. Please stay safe out there. Look out for your loved ones. And also have a happy 4th of July, since that's approaching this coming Saturday. So have a very happy 4th of July, guys. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next Sunday, when everyone will have reported for Spring Training 2. We are on our way to 2020 baseball, guys. Take care. (laughs) 